This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man who just purchased tickets for the off-off Broadway show, Locasina. Here is the captain. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today we are sipping on hashtag blessed by the wonderful folks over at Streetside Brewery, garage grade four big bottle caps. This is a delicious New England IPA with tantalizing aromas of fresh pineapple, papaya, and passion fruit. ABV 6.8%. You've tried the rest. Now try hashtag blessed. And this week's beer was brought to us and you by our good garage friends. Thanks and cheers to Carrie in Northamptonshire, United Kingdom. And a big we like your jib to Eden in Naples, Florida. And a cheers goes out to Jennifer and Lamar's, Iowa. And a big shout out to our man Gary in Cincinnati, Ohio. And here's a cheers to Shalice in Ogden, Utah. And last, but certainly not least, we have Julie in Koufax, Washington. Cheers to everyone who helped out our little garage show. If you want to help us out with next week's show, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on that donate button. Yeah, 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 yeah. B-W-E-W-R-U-N, beer run. And for all of our old episodes, download the Stitcher app. They're there for free. And check out our bonus show called Off the Record on Stitcher Premium. And that is enough of the business. All right, everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Where we left off yesterday, Captain, Lori Vallow has upped and moved with her two children, Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow, to Rexburg, Idaho. Now, on September 24th, 
Remember, she calls her son's school, his new school, to say that her son will be moving or staying, at least in the state of Louisiana, until October 29th, maybe longer. So JJ will no longer be attending Kennedy Elementary and will be homeschooled instead. On the 1st of October, Lori rents a 10 by 10 storage unit. The following day, Brandon Boudreaux, this is Lori Vallow's nephew-in-law. He is married to Lori's niece, Melanie. Brandon says when he came home from work, they live in Gilbert, Arizona. He says that when he pulls into his driveway, gets out of his vehicle, someone shot at him. He believes that a paintball gun was used to shoot at him. He says that he spotted someone driving a green Jeep Cherokee that fled from the scene. Brandon Boudreaux hires a private investigator to get to the bottom of what could have happened. One thing that is learned in this situation, a little quick background here, Melanie, his former wife, she is very much of the same beliefs as Lori. She has gone along with Lori to some of these doomsday events that Lori keeps going to. And now we have this incident out front of their home, out front of Brandon's home, where someone takes a shot at this guy. His private investigators uncover a whole bunch of stuff. But one of the most important things that they uncover is that a green Jeep Cherokee that he spotted at the scene, fleeing the scene, was once owned by... Charles Vallow, Lori Vallow's husband, previous husband, who was killed in July of that same year. Yeah. So now there's multiple people that could have access to that. Correct. On October 9th, Tammy Daybell. This is Chad Daybell's current wife. She calls police. This is after a masked man attempts to shoot at her in her garage. Now, the way that this story goes, Captain, this is nighttime. It's after dark. She's coming home from a trip to the grocery store. She pulls in the driveway, pulls into the garage. Garage door still open. This man, dressed in black, wearing a mask, runs up to her, points a gun at her, and pulls the trigger several times, and nothing happens. The man, his reaction is to flee the area. Wow. She reports, like she even says to the guy, what are you doing? She doesn't understand what is going on. When she tells police what went down, she says, I think he was trying to shoot me with a paintball gun, but for some reason it didn't work. Well, that's strange. Mm Mm-hmm. Why would you be shooting somebody with a paintball gun? Correct. Doesn't make any sense. But it also goes a little bit along with the story that Brandon Boudreaux just said took place about a week earlier where he too thought he was shot at with a paintball gun. Right. That is on October 9th. Tammy Daybell, Chad's current wife, says she was the victim of this random weird assault attempt where somebody pointed a paintball gun at her, pulled the trigger, and nothing happened. Ten days later... You know the old expression, wake up dead? Well, that's just what happens to Tammy Daybell. She's found dead in her home in Salem, Idaho, approximately five miles away from Rexburg, Idaho. 
And it's initially ruled that Tammy, mind you, she's just 49 years of age at this time, died of undisclosed causes purportedly in her sleep. Chad Daybell, her husband, declined a postmortem autopsy. Of course he did. And the county coroner did not overrule this decision. So the death certificate reads that Tammy died of natural causes. What is wrong with these people? What's wrong with law enforcement? What's wrong with these are the people that are supposed to protect us and they can't see through this melange of bullshit? Well, the problem with everything going on here is there's no way for law enforcement to know that all of these things that are going on, all these tragedies, all these deaths, they might somehow be connected. Law enforcement doesn't know that Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow have this very likely relationship that's going on undercover, but there are some things that are going to tip law enforcement off to what might be actually going on here. Here's an interesting little note here, Captain. A wedding ring was purchased on Amazon using the deceased Charles Vallow's account. The ring was purchased for $35.99 on October 2nd, 2019. All right, so Charles is dead, so that means his wife can get married again. Chad's wife is now dead, so they can get he can get married again. And then somebody purchases on Charles' account through Amazon an engagement ring. Yes, yeah, so a wedding ring is purchased on Charles' Amazon account. Wait, way to shit on that guy's grave. Well, and the reason why I'm pointing out this purchase here, okay, the purchase takes place on October 2nd. This is 17 days before Chad Daybell's first wife passes away. Lori Vallow paid for the ring on her deceased husband's Amazon account. The ring was delivered to a Ruxburg townhouse where Lori Vallow was living. That's really romantic. Pick out your own ring and buy it. Well, I think that the ring was for Chad. Oh, it was a male. I guess I shouldn't have assumed, I guess. Right, but what I'm pointing out here is we don't have any absolute proof of this, of what I'm about to say, but this to me would make me speculate that this is what is actually going on. Seems to me like Lori knew that she would be marrying Chad if this ring was, in fact, for him. Yeah. He was currently married at the purchase time of this ring. So... Was she told by Chad, hey, I'm going to split up with my wife? Or does she know that Tammy's going to mysteriously die in her sleep? And then Chad is going to say, no, we don't need an autopsy. Because in Idaho, they they won't do an autopsy. This is my understanding. I could have this wrong. This is a state where they will not do the autopsy unless it's requested by a family member. She doesn't have anybody in her family requesting an autopsy. Well, Chad Daybell's the, he's the, the husband, the father, the leader of the family. Yeah, but we all, we've already determined he's nuts. Well, we've determined that. Right. Can anybody else determine that? I mean, I'm not saying we're the, we're the dumbest guys or, but we're definitely not the brightest. And we've already determined that on October. Wait, hold on. What about their kids? Well, these are grown children. They've been married for 28 years. Right, but can't the grown children, they would have to know something about their father. Wouldn't they be able to request this? 
question. I The way that it was explained to me, yes, it appears that they could request this. But again, they would have to be suspicious of something. If they're not suspicious of anything, there's no reason to make that request. But on November 5th, now mind you, this is about two weeks after Chad buries his wife, Tammy. On a little trip to Hawaii, Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow get married. Yep, and they're just smiling. I'll post a couple pictures of it just so you can be angry. Right. Right. Well, then we have a couple of weeks go by and there's nothing really to report. Well, this is all going to change and the story is going to get pretty big with this next event that takes place on November 26, 2019, when the Rexburg Police Department conducts a well-being check on JJ. They go to Lori's townhouse to look for JJ Vallow because... Remember, his grandmother and grandfather say the last time we spoke with our grandson was way back in August. Yeah. We're trying to get a hold of our grandson. Mind you, they've moved off to Idaho, but still, we've not heard from him yet. Well, and guess who's not in the wedding pictures? Neither one of the kids. Correct. They're not in the wedding pictures. And you also have a situation where the relatives of JJ that are calling police they're not aware that Lori has gone off and got married. Right. What this timeline and all of these events, they may have sound confusing. Even we tried to put them together the best way that we could. They are meant to be confusing. All of these movements and actions put together and orchestrated by Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell are meant to confuse, not just you, the listeners, not just the captain and the colonel, this was meant to confuse anybody that was supposed to care for the people that they were going to harm and hurt. Mm-hmm. The moving around, the doing things in secret, doing things behind closed doors, all these lies, all of these actions, putting people off, pushing people away, keeping their distance so they don't have to answer questions about what happened to my father. Where are these children? They just keep ducking people and providing no answers. But on top of that, this is her fifth marriage, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something off about this woman. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you know. Okay, sorry. You got me there, Captain. All right, what we have here is... Wait, hold on. Just to be clear, I mean, marriage is something that you might do once, maybe twice. Maybe three times, maybe even four times. But once you do it five times, it's just crossing the line. It's unacceptable. Well, this welfare check is a big issue. It's a big problem because when the police show up and they say, hey, we've got concerned relatives that want to know where JJ is. Mm -hmm. We need to know where your children are. Should we be concerned? Well, they, even though they're told not to be concerned, police get concerned because of the answers that they're getting from Lori. And I'm going to give you the short of it because we're going to get into the details of this uh, in the second half. But the short of it is Lori is kind of cagey about her answers, right? She's dodgy about the questions. She says, Hey, you don't have to worry because my daughter Taylee is off at BYU. 
and JJ is staying with some friends or relatives back in Arizona. Hold your horses. I just want to remind the listener about something. Tay Lee is 16 years old. JJ is seven years old. Mm-hmm. You don't think you'd want them at your wedding? And your other excuse is Tay Lee is at college? <laughs> is that what she's trying to tell law enforcement? Correct. Now, law enforcement has no idea about the all of the stories we just went through. Right. All they know is that we have relatives calling from another state saying this woman moved away with her children and now we haven't heard from our grandson in months. That's sad. So police do not like the answers that they're getting from Lori. And so what they decide to do is, you know what? We're going to come back tomorrow with a warrant and we're going to search the home. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, Lori and Chad do not know that police are intending to come back. But when police arrive, guess what? Lori's not there. Chad's not there. They're gone. They picked up and abandoned all of their belongings and took off. So a once concerned police department is now extremely concerned. They weren't getting the answers that they liked the night before, and now these people appear to have left the area. Yeah, it's very fishy. Let's get back to Alex Cox. Remember, he is Lori's sister. In November, on the 29th of 2019, Alex, he got married, and this was to a woman from Gilbert, Arizona. They went off to Las Vegas, and they got married. Now, we had mentioned earlier Melanie Boudreau. She was the one who was newly divorced from Brandon Boudreau, who he says, someone took a shot at me in my driveway. She marries this guy, Ian, on November 30th of that same year. Yeah. It's a lot to, it's a lot to keep track of. Well, here's where things get even more interesting for law enforcement anyway. On December 11th, this is after police start piecing things together. They're like, wait a second. Something's these, not right here. Something's extremely fishy. These kids are missing. These This mother, she takes off She's with a her pile of shit. new husband. They He's figure a pile out, of shit. They figure out that she marries this guy. Oh, and by the way, they figure out that Tammy died of quote-unquote natural causes less than a month before Chad marries Lori. So now police are suspicious of her death. Well, and on top of that, have they got to the point of looking into Charles's death? No, they have not yet. Here's what we do have. On December 11, 2019, authorities decide to further investigate the death of Tammy Daybell. They decide that they're going to exhume her body. We need to figure out if she did, in fact, die of natural causes or not. The next day, December 12th, Alex Cox, Lori's brother, the one who shot her husband in self-defense, he says. Mm -hmm. Alex Cox dies in Gilbert, Arizona. There's a 911 call that is made by the son of his new wife. Okay. It's reported that Alex collapsed in the bathroom 
of the home with his new wife. His death is later attributed by by autopsy to natural causes, and it lists blood clots and high blood pressure. Part of me goes, well, karma. Eventually, the universe caught up to you and was able to correct a wrong. But do you think it was something a little more fishy than that? I think something totally caught up to Alex Cox. I don't know if it was karma or if it was Lori and Chad. Because all or, of a or sudden... Or it's these other doomsday preppers or these other people that believe in, in what they're believing in, these this cult-like mentality. You, you see this a lot with these herds of people that believe in the same crazy voodoo now you, like you like we were saying earlier with Chad if you didn't believe what he believed you were on the wrong side what are these people willing to do did did all of a sudden after uh this self defense action by Alex did he start talking bad about Chad did he start questioning what they were doing and then now he's he's on the dark side and we got to get rid of him I think where the problem, if in fact Lori and or Chad would be responsible for Alex Cox's death, which was ruled to be natural causes, right? Blood clot or high blood pressure or both. Isn't it a little too convenient though that he has this heart condition and dies the day after police announce that they're going to further investigate the death of Chad's wife, Tammy? Yeah. Okay, so the reason why we're going off on this weird thing here. But hold on. There's another layer of this pie. Not only are they going to go look into the death of Tammy, they're looking in harder to where the children are. Right? Correct. Somebody that's probably responsible for some of it is Alex. So guess whose body just couldn't take it? He knows the jig is up they're gonna get you i think he died from being scared to death it's possible and before we get into this next bit captain i want to make sure that i point this out first because it it's it's a the son of a bitch died from being scared to death that's maybe the first time i ever heard of somebody actually actually being scared to death in february of this year this would be february 24th of 2020 in a child custody court documents brandon boudreau stated that ian okay so ian is his ex-wife's new husband brandon states that ian told law enforcement that melanie his ex-wife conspired with her uncle alex cox Lori's brother to kill him okay remember this was the guy that was shot at in his driveway with the paintball gun well he spots the vehicle that that looks like Charles Vallow's old vehicle. Right. Okay, so here's where we need to get into this story. Alex Cox all of a sudden becomes the centerpiece for a lot of these weird, mysterious events that are going on. Was he the person that took a shot at Brandon in the driveway? Was he the person that tried to shoot Tammy? Was he the person that was, yeah, the masked man dressed in black that took a shot at Tammy? And when your sister is telling you, hey, by the way, I got some money coming to me. You kill my husband, I get a million dollars. 
And what if she's just constantly lying? All oh, the money hasn't come in yet. And this guy thinks the payday has already happened. And now I just got to clean up a, a couple other messes for my sister and I'm going to get all this money. But Alex Cox is one who totally believes all this zombie and light spirit, dark spirit bullshit. He's all wrapped up in that game too. Yeah, that's another motive. So what we have here is this whole speculation by Tammy who reported that she believes someone came up to her with a paintball gun, pulled the trigger and nothing happened, and then fled. Was she wrong? Was it a real gun? Did somebody come up and try to take her life right then and there on that day and it failed and then she magically dies of natural causes a week or so later? Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium 
service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need to pack a lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right. Cheers, mates. Cheers. Cheers to the crispiest. So we already said in yesterday's episode that Dateline would eventually have an episode on this case called Where Are the Children? And that would be the biggest question for a very long time. Eventually, that question will morph into what happened to the children. But I think, Captain, what we're going to be able to do here is I think we're going to be able to answer most of those questions, fill in a lot of those blanks, and at least put together a story that will show you just about what happened here in this situation. Now, where we left off, we have two kids that are missing. Police are looking for these two kids, and when they go knocking on Lori's door, the next day, boom, she's gone as well. So now we have to find the parents. The authorities are left with no answers, no clues, and they're sitting around trying to piece everything together in this whole mixed-up, jumbled story. So on December 20th, 2019, the Rexburg Police Department officially announced an investigation into the disappearances of Tylee and JJ. Using cell phone technology, authorities are able to locate Lori Vallow. They find out that she is in Kauai, 
in Hawaii. They locate both her and Chad Daybell. When they do, they serve Lori with a court order requiring her to produce the children within five days or they will arrest her. Five days comes, five days goes. Lori misses the court-ordered deadline to produce the children. Yeah, she doesn't even show up to court. Right, and what they are able to do, the authorities, that is, they're able to determine that Lori and Chad, they bought tickets, they flew off to Hawaii, and they did not take the children with them. How do they know that? There were no airline tickets purchased for the children. They have camera footage. There's no, the children aren't seen at the airport or getting onto the airplane. Right. So the law allows them to arrest Lori because she can now be a char- she can now be charged with abandonment of these two children that yeah. you so astutely pointed out earlier. These are not adult children. 16 and seven years old. And by this time, Ty Lee would have had another birthday. So she would be 17 at this point. Okay. So what we have here, Captain, is they are notified that these children are missing on November 26th. That's when they go knocking on Lori's door. Then the parents disappear. Lori and Chad disappear. It's not until February 20th of 2020 that Lori Vallow is arrested in Kauai. Think about how much time that is. Now let's take it back a step further. When is the last known sighting of both of these children? Wasn't that the, the park? Well, we have the park sighting of Ty Lee, which took place in early September 2019. Then we have, we know that JJ went to school on Friday the 20th of September. So it's time, Captain, for no more mystery. Here is what law enforcement says to be the facts. Yeah, that's of the case put a bow on it law enforcement states that Lori Vallow moved to Rexburg on or about September 1st 2019 with Tylee and JJ and her brother Alex Cox Lori Vallow resided with her children at 565 Pioneer Road unit 175 Cox her brother Alex resided in the same complex initially living in the same unit as Lori and then moving into his own unit at, this would be unit 107, in the same complex. The last verifiable sighting of Ty Lee was on September 8, 2019 in Yellowstone National Park. The last verifiable sighting of JJ was September 22, 2019 in his mother's apartment in Rexburg, Indiana. This is by Lori's friend, Melanie Gibb, who we've already talked about, and her boyfriend, David Warwick. The police go on to say, while the Rexburg police and FBI have received many tips of alleged sightings since the beginning of the case, none of these tips have led to any verifiable or actionable information regarding the health, safety, or location of the two children in question. They go on to say, on November 26, 2019, detectives went to Lori Vallow's home. This is the condo, unit number 175 in Rexburg, Idaho, to conduct a welfare check. Detectives met with Alex Cox and Chad Daybell outside of the residence. Chad acted as if he did not know Lori very well and stated he didn't know her phone number. Alex Cox told the detectives that J.J. was with his grandmother, 
K. Woodcock in Louisiana, which detectives say this is not likely to be true due to the fact that K. was the individual who first called in a missing child report to the police department. Alex Cox says that Lori may be in apartment 107. The detectives went to apartment 107, but the apartment was completely empty and vacant. Then detectives saw Chad Daybell driving a black Chevy Equinox away from the residence. Detectives stopped Chad and asked him again if he had seen JJ. Chad responded that the last time he had seen JJ was in apartment 107 in October. He also admitted that he knew Lori Vallow's phone number and provided it to the detectives. Oh, how quickly the story changes. Well, and keep in mind, this man is telling the detectives he does not know Lori, but unbeknownst to the detectives at this time, the two are married. Right. They were married in Hawaii. Yeah. Now, on the same day, the detectives spoke with Lori Vallow in her apartment. This was apartment 175. Lori told the detectives that J.J. was in Gilbert, Arizona with her friend named Melanie Gibb. They obtained Gibb's phone number from Lori. They attempted to call Melanie, but they were unable to contact or speak with her at that time. Lori tells the detectives that Ty Lee was attending BYU in Idaho, but living there with Lori. Now, because the detectives were unable to contact this Melanie Gibb, they immediately contacted Lori again after they left the, the premises. And they requested that she, that Lori call Melanie. And Lori says, you know what? I can't call Melanie. She's not going to answer the phone because her and my son, JJ, they're at a movie. They're out seeing Frozen 2. Yeah, cold never bothered me anyway. So she won't answer her phone. By the evening of the 26th, they had not heard from Melanie Gibb. This is when they start to get really suspicious of what's going on, and they get the search warrant to come back the next day, and then Lori and Chad are gone. Right, and Lori and Chad are probably not even clued into the idea that law enforcement would have been able to get a search warrant that quickly. So the way that they get this search warrant that quickly is eventually they do hear from Melanie, Lori's friend. Right. And what they hear is not what they want to hear. They hear from Melanie, hey, I've not seen JJ. He's not staying with me like she told you, and I've not seen him in months. She actually calls back on December 6th and adds some new information that's even more damning to Lori and Chad. She tells detectives that not only was JJ not staying with me like Lori told you, but... That same night, when you guys were trying to get a hold of me and couldn't get a hold of me, I did speak with Lori and I did speak with Chad on two separate phone calls. Chad was telling me, hey, the police are going to try to get a hold of you. They're looking for JJ. Just don't pick up your phone. The other conversation was that Lori told her, this is, this is even more, uh, even more weird. She says, if you talk to the police, tell them that JJ is staying there with you. Tell them that you were busy. You guys were at a movie. And could you take some random pictures of children out in public, like a big group of them from a distance, so that 
we can send those to police and I can tell them, hey, there's JJ in the crowd. Oh, my God. So this is not looking good for finding the children. There's levels of horrible people. Yes. But she just keeps getting higher and higher on the list. So there's your confirmation of whatever happened to these two poor kids. It took place before police went looking for them on November 26th. Yeah. Now we'll get a little more deeper into the details here. Because remember, we said that the last verifiable sighting of Ty Lee was in Yellowstone National Park on September 8th, 2019. It is believed that Ty Lee left the National Park in her Uncle Alex's silver Ford F-150. They, being law enforcement, tracked this trip via GPS, cell tower connections, and Google account information on Alex Cox's phone. They know what time Alex Cox and Ty Lee and the family left the park. They went on to use this technology and they're calling it, well, it's cellular analysis survey team that they got involved with to come up with this information. They call it CAST for short. And this is something that the FBI was using, helping local law enforcement look for these kids or what happened to these kids. They analyzed Alex Cox's phone and they were able to provide all kinds of locational information that took place that day as well as the next day, and it does not look good. None of it looks good. As far as this technology goes, Captain, this is so advanced that CAST, they're super highly accurate on placing one's phone, what location that that phone is. They can do it within a matter of about 15 feet, meaning that if you are carrying your phone in your pocket and you show up at a property, let's say this is a large property. This technology is so accurate, they can tell if you are standing inside the house of that property or outside of the house on that property. Can they tell if I have my pants on or not? So what's even worse about this situation is mm-hmm. when they track Alex Cox's phone for the night of September 9th, Yeah, going into the 10th, here is what they figure out. Several times in the middle of the night, between the hours of midnight and 6 a.m., Alex's phone is moving from his condo unit to Lori Vallow's condo unit or apartment, whatever you want to call it, where she lives with Ty Lee and JJ. Law enforcement say that this is significant, not only because it was in the middle of the night, but because it's the only time that he appears, his phone appears, to go over to Vallow's apartment in the middle of the night. Right. Between midnight and 6 a.m. Okay. At 4.37, Alex Cox's phone goes back to his own apartment. Then the next time that we track his phone, at 9.21 a.m., there's a reading for a GPS data point that places his phone behind Chad Daybell's home on the east side of the property, which is behind a barn that is owned by the Daybell family. His phone places him at the Daybell residence for the next couple of hours. Later, the FBI, who are now examining Tammy Daybell's phone, you know, she's since passed away, be it 
she was murdered or natural causes. The FBI found a text conversation between Tammy and Chad, which took place the day after the last known sighting of Ty Lee in Yellowstone National Park. Chad to Tammy at 11.53 a.m. wrote, Well, I've had an interesting morning. I felt I should burn all of the limb debris by the fire pit before it got too soaked by the coming storms. While I did so, I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I hurried and got my gun, and he was still walking along. I got close enough that one shot did the trick. He is now in our pet cemetery. Fun times. Then Chad texts Tammy again a few minutes later. Gonna shower now and then go right for a while at BYU. Love you. Tammy responds to Chad. Good for you. And then Chad texts Tammy again at 2.48 p.m. saying, I'm back home now. What do you think this means? This means they probably buried the body. Buried Tylee's body behind the barn. So I think what happened here is for whatever reason, very likely Lori getting Alex, her brother, to possibly once again do her dirty work. He takes Tylee over to Chad's house while Tammy is gone. And what Chad is now doing after the fact, this is this is minutes. These texts go to his wife, Tammy, minutes after Alex's phone leaves his property. What does this story do, man? This this will explain away any questions that the neighbors might have or that Tammy might have in advance, right? I was out here burning wood debris because mm-hmm. the storms were going to come. Oh, while I was out here, I spotted... A, a pest, a, a raccoon. Mm-hmm. Shot and, the son of a bitch. And, oh, if the neighbors heard a gunshot, by the way, that's because I killed a raccoon. And then I buried it. So if you see disturbed ground on our property, mm-hmm. I buried it in our pet cemetery. And it's that, not that bad of a story. You know, It would seem to make sense. Yeah. But, again, if you're burning evidence, if you kill someone with a single shot and you bury them, well, the question you've me, just explained away everything. Yeah, my question is: Was it Chad that shot her? Was it Alex? Because I don't know. With Alex, it's like I could kind of understand that maybe you didn't like your brother-in-law or something. You had some issues with him, but your own niece, like, regardless, what kind of pile of shit are you if we believe all right let's regardless if we believe this fake text story from chad to tammy yeah and we believe what the technology tells us regarding alex cox's phone being at chad daybell's property then both of them were present for either the killing and burial of this child and then it gets even worse here captain because if you are to look at the evidence and what it points out to us, the possibilities. It seems very likely that these two children were killed either by Alex and or Chad. And this thing, this whole thing could have been orchestrated by Lori and or Chad, but it seems like these three knew what the hell was going on and that these two children were killed at separate times on different days. Yeah. Because 
That's the only thing that explains away why we saw Ty Lee in early September. And then days later, we don't see her, but we see JJ. We have a verified sighting of JJ. And this comes from when Melanie Gibb and her boyfriend, David Wark, were at Lori's apartment. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is what they told police. They had an in-depth discussion with police regarding the weekend of September 22nd and September 23rd, 2019. This would be, as I speculate, uh, what, about two weeks after Ty Lee was likely murdered? I'm just thinking about that poor seven-year-old boy asking where his sister is. Because you know they didn't probably pay him much attention or really care too much about him. And she probably did. And she probably protected him. So Melanie and David both tell police that when they were there on the 22nd and 23rd they tell police that the last time that they saw JJ was on the night of September 22nd 2019 now that night Lori Vallow tells her guest Melanie and David that her son is acting up so her brother Alex is going to come over collect the child and take him back to his apartment again in the same complex The last time they see the child, Alex Cox is holding JJ, who appears to be asleep with his head on Alex's shoulder. This is very troubling because we talked about the FBI using that cast technology team to analyze Alex Cox's phone or the movement of his phone. Well, they tracked that phone for the morning of September 23rd, the next morning. Once again, at 9.55 a.m., Alex is at Chad Daybell's property. He is there for about 15 minutes. Yeah. To make a long story short, they end up finding the remains of both of these children in June of 2020. And, of course, they find them on Chad Daybell's property. East side of the barn. Uh, The information I have... I don't know how specific it gets, but it seems like they were the FBI and local police were snooping around that so-called pet cemetery on Chad Daybell's property. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. And there's some evidence that they went to a considerable amount of work and effort to try to conceal evidence and cause of death and Tylee's body that there, that her body was burned and, and um yeah it's just it's pathetic and you know that parents or uncle or anybody that do this to their children and for what so you just don't have the burden of them because they had people in their lives they had family members in their lives that loved them and i'm sure if they would have said hey uh you know if I have to ha- have the burden of having these kids anymore, I'm just going to go ahead and kill them. Somebody would have taken on that responsibility or by the, by the way, their, their dad would have, but you killed him. Well, that's what it's starting to look like, right? Once you figure out what has very likely happened to these children, that they were murdered, dismembered and, and then hidden. This is like a triangle of serial killers. Then you have to go back and you go, okay, well, these deaths that one that was thought to have been self-defense, 
a couple of others that were thought to be natural causes. Now you have to question all of that because you have these three psychopaths that seem to be working together in cahoots to off family members. Yeah. And thank God that you had relatives that cared so much for these children that they reported them missing. And several of them pled publicly for the return or at least, Hey, Lori, tell us where these kids are. Why won't you say anything? And it was only that call to report these children missing that led to all of this other stuff coming to light to be suspicious behavior. Oh yeah. Luckily there was people that cared about them enough to start calling or we would never have answers. There'd just be a bunch of questions. And then you have to wonder, well, who's in charge here? Is this a situation where Chad and Lori and Alex really believed? Did they truly believe that the end of the world was coming? That we're surrounded by zombies and they needed to rid the earth of these zombies? And did they believe that their relatives, the ones that were dying around them, that they were the zombies? Or is it just kind of convenient that they go, you know what? I don't want to be married no more. Oh, I could get a big life insurance policy. Right, or it's they can use this weird defense of, well, I believe all this stuff, so I was actually protecting my children from the end times. Well, and it's really starting to look like Alex was either the killer or participated in killing a lot of these people, and then you really question his death as well. I really think he died from knowing that he's going to get busted. Um, that That's my gut feeling there. But, it's possible. I What I wonder with all of these heart attacks or natural causes, Tammy dies in her sleep, mm-hmm. an ex-husband dies of a heart attack, mm-hmm. Alex dies of something similar. Is it some kind of poisoning? Is somebody poisoning somebody or injecting somebody with something that's causing these to appear to be natural deaths? Yeah, same. they could have done the same thing to the, the children as well. Well, and then you wonder, did they attempt to do this to Charles? And he fought back. Right. And he was shot in the process. And unfortunately, I do believe that that gunshot that was intended for the fake raccoon really indicates maybe the cause of death in one of the children. And so you really wonder how, I mean, we've talked about a lot of horrible, crazy cases on this show over the years. And this is about one of the most evil cases i can think of yeah i mean this puts her right up there with casey anthony and i i was hoping and praying because you also have to keep in mind too when Lori was arrested she was only arrested because she failed to provide the courts what they were asking for it's basically contempt of court and she is charged with abandonment of her children because they could prove that she left and went off to hawaii without taking her children with her So she's in jail waiting for trial for this whole time. They still don't know where the kids are. Chad Daybell's out doing his thing. He even appears in court in support of Lori, or if he's the puppet master and controlling everything, maybe that's his way to remind her that he's still in control of her when he shows up for court. He's not arrested until they find the remains on his property. Yeah. So now they've opened up, reopened up the investigation into what happened to his first wife, Tammy. They've started an investigation as to was this actually self-defense, the the death of Charles Vallow? 
they're really looking and sorting and sifting through all of this stuff. And we're probably going to see trials next year, I would believe, for both Lori and Chad. Yeah, I think there's some updating that will need to be done there because there's still some loose ends. Like you said, who who was the leader of this? Was it a triangle or was it just the two? At the end of the day, these are horrible individuals. And I hope they start that nonsense of zombie talk in, in prison. And I hope those prisoners just fuck them up. Just really fuck them up. Well, you also have to wonder, too, was, was Alex Cox just some kind of tool? Was he just some kind of psychopath that was willing to do anything requested by his sister and that he that he was this murderous man right and that he was some kind of tool for them to use and that they were both the puppet master of this guy and then when it started crashing down all around them that maybe they killed him off and maybe those maybe he's the only one that those two actually killed but if you take it and you think about it in that manner then you have to wonder Who's who's more sick and twisted, Chad or Lori, or is it equal? And I'm starting to think that it's equal because I've had a lot of people review this case and try to tell me, you know what, Chad was pulling the strings. Chad was having Lori do whatever he wanted to. And I don't believe that for a second. Why? Well, because we have that attack on her previous husband that took place years before she even met this Chad guy. Yeah, possibly. But the other evidence is he was married for, what, 26 years? All of a sudden, she comes along, and he's just, he, like, becomes a, a zombie for her. You know, does whatever he can to want to, to wanna be with her, you know? Yeah, and we also have information out there that even though Lori didn't receive insurance money from the death of Charles Vallow, that Chad received over $400,000 when his wife, Tammy, passed away. You know, I don't know if there's a heaven or hell or anything like that, but I, I really hope there is so so this son of a bitch can burn there for a very long time. They do have a witness who claims to have heard Chad tell them that he cannot move forward with his plan until his wife is dead. All right, once you're done with this episode, go over to the iTunes and give us a five-star rating. It really helps out the show. Crispy Colonel, do we have any recommended reading for this week? Today we are recommending Doc, The Rape of the Town of Lavelle, a classic by the Dean of True Crime, the late, great, and certainly one of my favorites, Mr. Jack Olson. Doc is an Edgar Award winner and in riveting detail, Veteran crime writer Jack Olson tells the story of a small group of courageous women who decided to bring a doctor to justice and unearthed a legacy of pain and anger that would divide their families, their neighbors, and an entire town. Check out Doc by Jack Olson and many other great book, TV, and podcast recommendations on True Crime Garage's recommended page. And all that and more at truecrimegarage.com. Yeah, so until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter.
Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.